0: Eddie May on LBC
1: with Sage powering
0: local businesses to boss it. After 5 is Brexit making Britain better or worse? Right now, he's back. Simon Marx's American week. Eddie, at this very moment last week, Joe Biden had not yet encountered the worst single hour of his presidency. No, I don't mean the point when Boris Johnson started speaking frongly, although we will assuredly get to that later. I mean the four o'clock hour last Friday afternoon in Washington, when yet more pillars of the Biden presidency suddenly came crashing down. Good afternoon. I'm here to brief the results of the investigation I directed following the report of civilian casualties from our strike in Kabul on 29 August. General Frank McKenzie of US Central Command in Doha got the ball rolling with this appearance in front of reporters at the Pentagon. Having thoroughly reviewed the findings of the investigation and the supporting analysis by interagency partners, I am now convinced that as many as 10 civilians, including up to seven children, were tragically killed in that strike. Moreover, we now assess that it is unlikely that the vehicle and those who died were associated with ISIS-K or were a direct threat to U.S. forces. I offer my profound condolences to the family and friends of those who were killed. This strike was taken in the earnest belief that it would prevent an imminent threat to our forces and the evacuees at the airport. But it was a mistake and I offer my sincere apology. Now, let's just rewind. Shortly after that missile fired from an American drone destroyed its target, the same General McKenzie called the airstrike righteous. It was, he said, a perfect example of the over-the-horizon military strategy that the Biden administration claims will now police Afghanistan. American boots don't need to be on the ground there, you understand. Classic counter-terrorism strategies will be deployed from a safe distance instead so after vaporizing 10 entirely innocent civilians and discovering that the target of the airstrike was not an isis k bomber loading explosives onto his truck but rather a driver for a humanitarian aid organization loading barrels of water for distribution to his local community you might think the president would be incandescent with anger in which case, apparently, you need to think again. What was the president's response when he learned about that?
1: Well, the president was briefed um, on Friday morning uh, about the uh, the um, report that was going to be uh, released and put out. I would say first, the president's uh, view and all of our view is that the loss of any civilian life is a tragedy, uh, as was uh, as was made clear uh, by uh, General McKenzie. Uh, this was done in error, uh, and clearly uh, the investigation that will continue is something
0: the president broadly supports. Okay, but wait just a second. The president's entire future military strategy towards Afghanistan was revealed by the ballsed up drone strike to be entirely built on sand. A notion that in the 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 absence of any intelligence sources on the ground in Afghanistan is fraught with difficulty and with the evident risk of deadly mistakes. So at least he's going to ask someone to resign, right? Again, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. I think what's important
1: is that um, the Secretary of Defense and uh, uh, the uh, Chairman uh, and and General McKenzie came forward and made very clear that this was... uh, They they wanted to see this move forward quickly. They wanted to be as transparent as possible.
0: They wanted to learn from what had happened. So that'll be a no. No one is going to resign nor be fired. The Pentagon's belated confession that it had killed the wrong people in Kabul was just strike one for Joe Biden last Friday. Strike two was not far behind.
1: I'm going to read the votes aloud. Uh, Dr. Cohn voted no. Dr. Lee voted no. Uh, Dr. Chatterjee... Voted
0: no. An advisory Dr. panel Allen at the Food and Drug no. Administration Dr. overwhelmingly rejecting no. plans no. to offer no. COVID-19 no. booster shots to all Americans. Now, that's normal procedure. The FDA panel exists to make those big decisions for the country. But unfortunately for the president, the vote came weeks after he told Americans that it was all a done deal. They would, he said, be getting a booster eight months after becoming fully vaccinated.
2: Just remember, as a simple rule, rule: eight months after your second shot, get a booster shot. These booster shots are free. We'd be able to get the booster shots in any one of approximately 80,000 vaccination locations nationwide. It will be easy. Just show your vaccination card and you'll get a booster. Except you won't, because that announcement by the president
0: last month was entirely premature and the FDA has now nuked it. President Biden's freaky Friday continued with yet more developments that broke just in time for the CBS Evening News.
1: America's oldest ally, France, is furious with the Biden administration. The French have recalled their ambassador to the U.S. to protest a U.S. broker deal to build nuclear-powered submarines for Australia
0: stunning news, unprecedented in the relationship between the United States and the very country that gifted America the Statue of Liberty. President Emmanuel Macron evincing stone-cold fury over the fact that the US, Britain and Australia had been secretly plotting to undo France's single largest defence deal. A $66 billion plan to sell French diesel-powered submarines to Australia to patrol the waters of the Indo-Pacific was sudden off, and President Biden, who sat in the Cornish sunshine backslapping President Macron at the G7 summit only in June, never had the decency to give his French opposite number the heads up. Have been stabbed in the back by our closest allies. The former French ambassador to Washington, Gerard Arrault, talking to LBC's Swarbrick on Sunday. For us, the contract was the basis of an Indo-Pacific strategy. Macron and the previous president went to Australia, you know, 20 hours of flight. We had a lot of meetings between ministers. Our navies were training together. Suddenly, the strategic partnership is thrown away, and we discovered that our closest allies have been plotting not only to take the, the contract, but also to exclude us. From the, the partnership. Now, it's pretty clear the French decided to ham all of that up. They certainly had some idea that the Australian deal was in trouble and that Canberra favoured quieter nuclear-powered subs that the US and Britain can provide over the much noisier French diesel-powered vessels. But that's not really the point. With the EU backing France and calling this week for a pause and reset in the transatlantic relationship, the air was thick with French officials and... ...and others saying Joe Biden is just as bad as Donald Trump. On Tuesday morning, ahead of the president's speech at the United Nations... ...The Washington Post could only tell its readers that... ...Joe Biden was not likely to be openly mocked at UN headquarters... ...although they weren't
2: sufficiently confident to rule it out completely. I stand here today... ...for the first time in 20 years with the United States not at war. We've turned the page... All the unmatched strength, energy and commitment, will and resources of our nation are now fully and squarely focused on what's ahead of us, not what was behind. In the event, a largely forgettable
0: 30-minute address saw the President double down on previous claims that he's a big believer in partnerships and alliances, appearances to the contrary notwithstanding.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, we cannot afford to waste any more time. Let's get to work. Let's make our better future now. We can do this. It's within our power and capacity. Thank you. God bless you all. A ripple of polite applause, so
0: not openly mocked, and that's a win for a president whose approval rating this week crashed to just 43% in the latest Gallup poll. But let's drill down into that bit about alliances, and one alliance in particular, the so-called special relationship between the US and Britain. On his plane hurtling towards New York earlier this week, the Prime Minister told reporters he did not believe the White House was ready to lift the travel ban that for 18 months has excluded people from the UK from visiting the US. Now, either the Prime Minister was downplaying expectations or nobody in the White House bothered to tell him that in fact President Biden had suddenly decided to throw his international visitors a bone. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki with the announcement.
1: Starting in November, we will be implementing, I should say, in, the be- in early November, we'll be putting in place strict protocols to prevent the spread of COVID-19 from passengers flying internationally into the United States by requiring that adult foreign nationals traveling to the United States be fully vaccinated.
0: The arriving British delegation celebrated the government falsely claiming, in the words of British Ambassador Karen Pierce, that the US has recognized the progress the UK has made against COVID-19. In fact, that had nothing to do with it at all. The move was a blunt instrument impacting 33 separate countries and taken so swiftly to overcome international fury over, among other things, Afghanistan, that it is still stunningly lacking in specifics. We don't know which vaccines the Biden administration will recognise, nor what the definition will be of fully vaccinated, especially when it applies to the under-18s. You might want to hold off on booking that Christmas family trip to Disney until the devilish details are revealed. But at least on travel, there was some progress. On the need for a US-UK trade deal, there
2: demonstrably was not. On the deal with the UK, that's continued to be discussed. But on the protocols, I feel very strongly about those. I would not at all like to see, nor I might add, would many of my Republican colleagues like to see a change in the uh, Irish courts. in the end result having an close border again. On that point, Joe, uh, you know,
0: we are we are completely at one. Well, not completely at one. After their private meeting ended, the Prime Minister claimed Northern Ireland had never been raised. The official White House readout of the meeting reported that it was. That spat, though, is as nothing compared to what happened when the Prime Minister, visiting Capitol Hill, decided to wade in on the row between the US and France over the submarine deal. I just think it's, it's, it's time for some of our Dearest friends around the world, to you know, prenez un grip uh, about all this uh, and donnez moi and break uh, because this is uh, fundamentally a, a great step forward for global security. Timing of course is everything and unfortunately for the Prime Minister, at the very moment he was descending into Franglais the White House and the Elysee Palace were trying to bury the hatchet not dig it up all over again. President Biden called President Macron, apologised for failing to consult and promised a personal meeting in October to try and put the steaming row behind them. Asked about the Prime Minister's utterances, why White House press secretary Jen Psaki inferred the president would prefer Britain's leader to keep his bouche well and truly firmade. Is calling on the French to get a grip helpful at this point?
1: Well, uh, I can only speak for our relationship with the French and our relationship with the United Kingdom. Uh, and I will say that uh, the president during this call, as we said in the readout, uh, acknowledged uh, that there could be uh, more of a, there could have been more discussion in advance of the announcement. And that was an important uh, important message for him to convey during that conversation. So I can't speak to the comments and whether they're constructive or not from other countries.
0: In many ways, this was a week when a Monty Python presidency encountered a dad's army Brit- British premiership. How else to explain an American leader whose nation lost more than 14,000 lives this week to COVID-19 and whose country has the lowest vaccination rate among the G7 nations, thinking that he's the man who should be hosting a summit on the margins of the UN meeting to tell other countries how to handle the pandemic? And how else to explain a British Prime Minister who used his big annual address at the United Nations this way? We have nothing to fear and everything to gain from this green industrial revolution. And when Kermit the Frog, Kermit the Frog sang, It's not easy being green. You remember that one? I want you to know that he was wrong. He was wrong. It is. Easy. It's not only easy, it's lucrative and it's right to be green. He, he was also un, unnecessarily rude to Miss Piggy, I thought, uh, Kermit the Frog. Some weeks you don't even have to find the words, even as you desperately search for the map that might one day lead us all back to normalcy. The pièce de resistance this week concerned Boris Johnson's behavior in that Oval Office meeting with President Biden. He took it upon himself to take a couple of questions from the British reporters in the room. But when American reporters then tried to ask questions of President Biden the president's increasingly aggressive White House handlers swooped in to make sure that the inquiries would never get answered. That led to an official complaint being lodged by the White House Correspondents Association and a clean up the next day by Press Secretary Jen Psaki.
1: In that circumstance, and and I think our relationship with the United Kingdom and with Prime Minister Johnson is so strong and abiding, we will be able to move forward beyond this. But uh, he called on individuals uh, from his press corps uh, without alerting us to that intention in advance.
0: Put another way, merci beaucoup, Boris, for showing us up. Kell embarrassment, Eddie. Kell week Absolument absurd. Simon Marx's American Week back next Friday at a quarter to five. More news in a moment after the Steve Allen soundbite of the night. If I ordered steak, I want steak. Why would I why would I want to eat somebody else's fish?
1: LBC. I'm Eddie Mads.